Good morning and welcome to the Marcus Today Breakfast Briefing. My name is Henry Jennings and it is Monday the 11th of July. And as usual, with all the information contained in this briefing, it is general advice only. So please do your own research, contact your own financial advisor regarding any of the thoughts, ideas or insights in this briefing. If you need to, of course, you can always pause here and read our disclaimer in full. And if you're listening to this on a podcast, you can head on over to the marcustoday.com.au website whenever you're. it's convenient for you and you can read the disclaimer there if you feel so way inclined. If you're not yet a member of the Marcus Today community, we'd love to have you on board. You can sign up for a free trial at the same time. All right, well, we had a, a bit of a mixed session really on the Dow Jones on Friday night. We had a loss of 46 points. 0.15%, that's minus 0.15%, uh, 31,338 is the Dow Jones. We had the NASDAQ up 14, or 0.12%, 11,635, and the S&P 500 pretty much in the middle for diddle, really, pretty much unchanged, to be honest. Three points difference, 3899, 0.08% down. The big news, of course, on Friday night was the US jobs number. Uh, that came in slightly better than expected as well. 372,000 new jobs created in June. 265,000 was expected. We did get a little bit of volatility in the Dow, but to be quite honest, it was a pretty much of a nothing burger kind of day. We had a high of 127 and a low of 172 down. So only a 300-odd point range in the US Dow on Friday. So very unvolatile, uh, so very stable considering uh, the jobs number on Friday. As a result of this, the VIX fell 5.52%, back down to 25, 1.44 points. Our SPY futures showing a rise this morning of 20 points. No news is good news for us. It certainly seems that way. Uh, and uh, without the pressure of a big Dow fall, uh, we might sort of start to grind a little bit higher. In terms of commodities on Friday in the US and overseas, we had Brent crude up 2.26%, $2.37. So sneaking back up, bouncing off that $100 level. Now 107.02. WTI bouncing as well, $2.06, up 2.01% to $104.79. And the gold price up $2.10 or 0.12%, 1741.80. Iron ore pretty steady, down 0.37%. Other commodities, we had copper down 0.6%, nickel down 0.4%, aluminium down 0.6%, zinc down 0.7%, lead down 2.1%, and tin down 1.7%. As a result of all this, in terms of our commodity stocks overseas, we have BHP down 2.1% in ADR terms, Rio down 0.6%, Freeport down 4.2%, Alcoa down 1.8%, Tech down 4.4%, that one has been very volatile recently, Anglo up 0.3%, Glencore down 0.4%, Vale down 1.7%, and Arbomile, which is lithium stock in the US, up 1.4%. So few uh, higgledy-piggledy kind of moves, but the general tone was a little bit easier in commodities. Here you can see the S&P 500, uh, a bit of a non-event kind of day, but you can see where those uh, jobs numbers came out, and uh, a little bit better than expected. So I guess we're back to the 75 basis points in the next meeting for uh, the uh, US Federal Reserve. So that does seem to be the way of things. That's the July meeting, which is not too far away. 
In terms of stocks outside of the miners overseas, uh, we saw Apple up half a percent. Meta down 0.76, Google up half a percent, Microsoft down 0.3, Amazon down 0.7 of a percent, and Tesla was up 2.5 percent, Twitter was down 5.1 percent. Elon Musk is pulling out of his bid for Twitter. Hardly a surprise. Now it's going to be lawyers at 10 paces. There is a billion dollar break fee uh, that Musk would have to pay uh, Twitter to break the deal. So that's going to be a big argument. Twitter now continuing to see that Musk is committed to the takeover, but um, it's going to be who's got the best lawyers and the most money wins. Uh, in other stocks, Netflix down 1.2. The US banks pretty much unchanged. We've got the US bank results kicking off this week and block down 2.4% as well. In terms of the headlines, we've got a lot of data coming out this week from China. Bumper data week there, and the Japanese ruling bloc has won a big vote only days after Abe's murder. That's the former Prime Minister Abe, who's the longest-serving Prime Minister in Japanese history, was, of course, assassinated last week, and the Japanese ruling party has won a big majority there. So the legacy of Arbonomics will live beyond its, uh, the architect who was tragically assassinated. Uh, inflation strapped consumers. Energy crisis FX expected to be key earnings season drivers. And investors have pulled $50 billion from emerging market bond funds this year, most in at least seven year, 17 years. rather. Economists' sceptical job, strong job growth can last as Fed continues to tighten. In other words, the economists are wrong and trying to justify the fact that they've been wrong pretty much all along. Uh, Chinese regulator fines Alibaba and Tencent and other tech firms over anti-monopoly rules. And the tech industry's hiring spree shows signs of cooling. U.S. Secretary of State Blinken says Biden and Xi to speak in weeks ahead calls out China over Ukraine stance. And of course, we do have President Biden heading to Saudi this week to uh, talk oil production, but it doesn't appear that Saudi has got a lot of capacity to actually increase uh, oil supply. European governments worry Nord Stream shutdown for routine maintenance but may become permanent. I think that kicks off this week. It's supposed to shut down for two weeks for maintenance, but it could become permanent. That is the fear, and of course that is the Russians holding Europe hostage. And COVID hospital emissions rising in Europe and the US as the new Omicron subvariant spreads. I read over the weekend that 1 in 25 people in the UK currently has COVID. So there you go. It's not uh, finished yet, but it's still a a never-ending story, that one. What to expect today? Well, we haven't got an awful lot on the card today. We've got New Zealand June credit card spending. Big, big figure, that one. The market will be very uh, hotly anticipating that. And we do have somewhat more highly anticipated the RBNZ. That's the Reserve Bank in New Zealand. They have their policy decision on Wednesday. Why is that important? I guess it's because the Reserve Bank of New Zealand has been the leader. It's the leader in time zones. It's the first market to open every morning, being a couple of hours ahead of Australia. But it also has been the leader in pushing up interest rates and being far more aggressive. So I guess it's a microcosm of the pressures that we're seeing elsewhere in the global economy in terms of those supply constraints and uh, demand continuing to remain high, and of course stimulus and coming out of COVID lockdown. So it is a bit of a a melting pot for ideas, and the RBNZ has been first cab off the rank in terms of their policies to uh, increase 
interest rates. US June CPI late on Wednesday. Over in uh, the Europe, uh, we have the Stock 50, the CACs and the DAX and the FTSE all better, not by huge amounts. Stock 50 was up 0.5, FTSE was up a measly 0.1 of a percent. They probably got problems of their own at the moment with the um, the whole Boris Johnson succession at the moment, which is looking a bit like Hunger Games. So many competitors there, and they will whittle it down to two. CAC up 0.4, DAX up 1.3. And the Bank of America has been appointed to Megaport as advisors. Megaport have been out and about looking for advisors. They're a little bit concerned about the potential that they would get knocked off by someone given the 66% fall in the share price this year. So they're a bit worried about a takeover approach, has been mentioned in the press, so they've enlisted Bank of America to help them with that. So uh, that's probably likely to stir things up a little bit, maybe get the stock price continuing to rebound. And over the weekend, Link and Diane Durham have gone a bit quiet, so the market is expecting an announcement very shortly in terms of some sort of agreement with Link administration, management and board, uh, accepting the inevitable that Diane Durham uh, will be back to, to take that one over. So uh, probably get some news maybe today or even tomorrow on that one. And on the other bid that's hanging around at the moment, which is Ramsey Healthcare, uh, KKR is still trying to put this one together, put it over the line. The French assets seem to be a bit of a sticking point, but there may be a potential for those assets to be distributed uh, to Australian shareholders, so they're trying to work that one out. Ramsey is a big property play, or has been mooted as a big property play uh, by some, with some of the big property companies and the REITs looking at taking over the physical assets while leasing them back to the hospital side of things for the specialists to run. So there's lots of work to still be done there from KKR to get that one over the line. Power prices, of course, we all know only too well that power prices have been on the rise, but wholesale power prices more than doubled to an unheard of average of $323 a megawatt hour in Queensland in the June quarter. This, of course, is putting a lot of pressure not just on households, but also on businesses as well. And it wasn't just Queensland where we've seen these big power price rises. So this is a global phenomenon. This is not just uh, centred on Queensland or Australia, but certainly this is happening around the world. And a UK company, La Vista Energy, has secured financial backing from the UK government and is looking for major investments in the Australian lithium business or producers. Uh, These guys want to build processing and refining capacity in the UK as uh, there is very, very little refining capacity in Europe as a whole, certainly not in the UK. And it all relies on China, where all our lithium gets shipped to generally. And then it gets uh, refined and then uh, processed and then shipped back out again. So um, that does give China a big leg up in the whole strategic lithium equation. And as a result, there is Europe and both the UK, Europe and the US are trying to break that dependency on China's processing and refining capacity. So La Vista Energy has been funded by the UK government. All right, question of the day today. What sign are you looking for for a bottom in the market. The index is up around 4.5% off its lows. But what sign are you looking for? Last week I suggested that one of the signs that I was looking for was the fact that we had to do three screenshots at one stage about two weeks ago of the 52-week lows at the end of day report. There was three screenshots. The list was so long it looked like a shopping list at Coles or Woolies. If you'll notice, Friday's list was a very, very small list, a very small list, only about 
six or seven stocks on the 52-week low. So for me, that was a bit of a sign that uh, that extreme of 52-week lows that we saw pretty much at the end of June uh, with the tax loss selling, etc., and not um, whacking the market. As far as our market goes today, well, the SPY future showing up 20 points. We should have a mildly positive day today. I would expect probably not much going on in the resource sector. Uh, maybe the banks having a little bit of a better day and the industrials as well and some movement in the healthcare. But pretty much a nothing-ish day uh, following that nothing-ish day from the US on Friday. So I wouldn't get too excited about today. It might be a good day to go and play golf if it's not raining. Okay, well, that's it from me today. Thanks very much for listening. You can head on over to our Facebook discussion group. We'd love to have your thoughts, ideas, and insights there as usual. And if you're listening to this on a podcast, of course, you can listen to the Marcus Strategy podcast, which is our fly-on-the-wall morning meeting podcast. There's the On The Desk podcast where the guys in Melbourne talk strategy, financial things, all things financial. And my On The Couch podcast, and the last one that I did, which I released last Friday, was with a very interesting gentleman by the name of Julian McCormack, who has a very contra view to what fund managers and brokers and analysts usually say about the market. So it's well worth having a listen to that uh, if you get a chance. It's uh, quite a long one, quite in-depth, but Julian is a very engaging uh, guest on the show. And also, it's great to get a well, not a very bearish view, but certainly quite a bearish view on the outlook for the global economy and certainly the American economy in particular. So I'd urge you to have a little listen to that one as well. But that's it from me today. Thanks very much for listening. Have a great day. And may the trading gods be with you.